With an extensive background in programming communication systems for military helicopters to firmware engineer by day and fighting crime at night as the printer guy, Dave Mitchell sheds light on how trying to create a company with a friend, Peter Briggs, was one challenge he did not expect to trip him up. Awesome Inc. presents the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame, a show that highlights how people throughout the Commonwealth of Kentucky pursue their definition of awesome through entrepreneurship, technology, and innovation. Well, hey there. I'm Garrett Farbach, and today we're going to be taking a look at one of Lexington's hottest entrepreneurial events, Startup Week in Lexington. Our good friend Dave is a native of New York and was born in a small town in the western part. He went on to college and graduated with a degree in computer science from Binghamton University. And after college, Dave had a sweet privilege to work for a defense contractor in Long Island. Following that, he moved to Lexington in 2011 to work with Lexmark as a firmware engineer. And as of December of 2017, Dave has been part of the APAC software team as a senior developer. Um, so a little bit about my career background. So when I graduated back in 08, I worked for a defense contractor and this was out on, I was living out on Long Island in New York at the time. And what we did, my basic day-to-day -day is programming communication systems for military aircraft. So they had, they did all the communication systems on the C-130s, on the Black Hawk helicopter. And so we would actually have, the one of the parts I really liked is we would actually have a lab set up with all of the actual hardware that would be on the aircraft. So we could go in, we'd write some code, and then we'd have to test it out. And we had simulators, and but you just couldn't, you couldn't beat testing it out in the real world application. So we would actually go into the lab, we'd load our software, I could put on the headsets, the military headsets, and sit there and inject tones and do all do all the switches. It was really cool. I that mean, sounds it, amazing. I, I'm, I'm fascinated with the whole military life, so it was really fascinating for me to be a part of that. Um, so I really enjoyed that. We actually had one time where they brought in a Seahawk helicopter, which is it's a similar platform as the Black Hawk. It's just they use it a lot in the Coast Guard. And it actually came and landed in our parking lot. And then we got to walk around it and like tour the inside and stuff. That That's was awesome. really cool. That's so really cool to hear. I really enjoyed that job. Then when I moved to Kentucky about eight years ago, I got a job working for Lexmark. So they're a pretty big printer company here, um, pretty big employer here in Lexington. So. I worked for them on the firmware UI department, so everything you see on the panels of the printers, we did all the programming for that. So that was all programming user interactions, and that's a big focus on you know how is how is a user going to use this product and what's going to make it easy for them to use. Not only just programming the way things are going to appear and and thinking of it that way, but you're actually transitioning into thinking about how someone is going to use your product. Yeah, that's really cool. I am the printer guy. I can I can make it work. I love that. Well, speaking of the printer guy. That could be a very poor superhero name. And uh, one thing I love is comics and superheroes and superpowers and all that good stuff. So I want to know, who is your favorite superhero? And the follow-up question is, what would your ideal superpower be? So this, I, I like this question. It's, it's a hard one for me to answer because my, I would say my favorite superhero, I'm, I might have to split it up because my favorite superhero is not one that necessarily has superpowers. So I really like Batman. He's, he would have to, I'd have to say he's my favorite superhero. But when you think about in the normal sense of superpower powers, I mean, he wasn't bitten by a spider. He doesn't have anything, you know, the really special power other than he has a ton of money. That's true. He has access to a lot of gadgets, has some really amazing R&D 
set up there that he can have you know, people that are building things for him. Um, but also it's just his attitude. So he, he had tragedy happen in his life, which is not uncommon in, in most superheroes, but most of them are born out of some type of tragedy. But he really took that and kind of pulled himself up by his bootstraps and then used that to help other people. And uh, that was kind of his, his goal. So I, I really relate a lot to Batman. I think he would definitely be my favorite superhero. And then as far as superpowers, if I could add one onto that, uh, I forgot who it is. He was a, one of the X-Men, but he could transport to different places. So. Ooh, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. So yes. you want to be a wealthy Nightcrawler. Okay. Wealthy Nightcrawler. I think that'd because, be pretty sweet. You know, you have those times, especially in Lexington, sometimes you're stuck in traffic oh, and you're just man. sitting there for hours. It would be nice if you could just say, you know what? I want to appear there yeah. right now. <laughs> yep. That'd and then sweet. you show like up. That. But as a software developer, I want to know what personally is your favorite aspect of your job, but also what challenges you most? Every, every problem that comes up you're presented, you have the opportunity to present a new solution. I, I like, I'm kind of, I like thinking out of the box. I tend to be, you know, with, with when I'm programming things, I like to think creatively mm -hmm. and think about, is there a new way I can solve this? What's the best way to solve this? So it's kind of triggers that part of my brain that really enjoys digging into things and coming up with new, new solutions that maybe someone hasn't done before. And it's not just a, a set, set of rules. We have constraints, obviously, as with any, any career and any and anything that you're building, there's certain restraints, but you can kind of break outside of those sometimes and come up with new new and creative solutions for things. So I would say that was that's my favorite aspect of it. As far as what challenges me the most, I mean that that also you know, even though that's my favorite aspect, that's also really challenging too. Okay. Sometimes um, sometimes you can just either head down a path and and few hours, few days later realize that was a completely wrong path to go down, and now you need to kind of take a step back and. But also, uh, there's there's times where it can just be mundane. I mean, there's times I'm sure with all programmers can can relate to this where you've spent I've spent three hours could not figure out why something worked, banging my head against the desk, realize I just missed a semicolon somewhere in the code, yeah. and and so there's can be some time wasted there, and it, I'm sure it's happened to everyone. So sometimes that can be a little frustrating. But you travel around a lot. You've had a lot of sweet experiences. What is one thing keeping you here in Lexington and? more so focused on the entrepreneurial community and your role that you see fit here at Awesome Inc. and Apex Software. Yeah. So uh, to be honest, when before I moved to Kentucky, I was not expecting to see the, the, the cities and the amount of you know, people and, and technology. And, and I, I was expecting more of the countryside of Kentucky. And okay. that was kind of what I had, what my, I had pictured. So when I when I first moved here and, and I moved to Lexington, I really started to just see, first of all, what kind of drew me in was the community, you know, and so I, I was just coming from, I, I grew up in a very small town in in New York and thought, you know, being from New York, a lot of people think, oh, I want to live in the city, you know, there's all this stuff going on, there's so much energy, and so I moved to the city and I, I made it two years, and I barely made it that two years because there's just people everywhere and everything is a chore and Yes, there's a lot there and there's a lot going on, but for me, it was a little bit too much. So coming to Lexington, it was a good mix. Uh, a lot of people call it, it's kind of a big town because yeah, there's, there's a lot going on and there's a lot to do, but it's very easy to get outside of that. And so you have this great community with a lot to do and a lot of, you know, kind of that, a lot of technology happening here. But also you can kind of go out in any direction and be in some of the most amazing horse farms and countryside. Yeah. And so that that kind of plays to both sides of what I like to do because I enjoy getting out in nature and hiking and going for 
motorcycle rides and all those things that I can do very easily to get outside of the city, but also there's a lot going on here too. So it's kept me here for a long time. I want to know how personally being in a co-working space has influenced you just to take part in some of the activities within the entrepreneurial community. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard, honestly, it's hard not to be influenced by that. Just working out of this space every day and you're constantly surrounded by people who are, you know, you have the people that are working here that are renting space out of Awesome Inc. And mm -hmm. they, they're building their own business and just having little conversations with them, whether, you know, we're both hanging out in the kitchen, grabbing coffee and you're just having conversations and you hear about their business and, and the excitement they have over it, uh, as well as all the events and the things that Awesome Inc. puts on. And, and all of the things they make available to entrepreneurs and in the community. I feel lucky to be able to be a part of it and kind of, you know, for a while I can, I can kind of play the role as a, as a bystander and okay. kind of watch some of that happening, but then I also can engage in it as well. And the more I engage in it, the more it kind of sparks that entrepreneurial side of myself that makes me, makes me want to be more and more part of the community. So for those of you guys who don't know, there's something really amazing that happens every year in the, towards the end of November, and that's called Global Entrepreneurship Week. And here at Awesome Inc, we've hosted a really cool event called Startup Week in Lexington, I believe the last 12 years. This year you stepped it up and you said, hey, I want to be a part of this. And you took part on a team and I want to know personally what made you want to be a part of Startup Weekend. So it, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about before, where it, that, that part of me that wanted to be an entrepreneur, I, I always kind of saw saw that in other people and thought, I, I don't think I could ever do that or yeah, that, really. that wouldn't be me. And, and then the more I became part of the community, it just kind of started to wake up that part of myself. So, uh, but really kind of what got me down that path was we had a summer retreat. Okay. This, uh, this past summer that Awesome Inc. put on and they bring in a lot of the people that are part of the fellowship and a lot of the different companies and it's it's a weekend where they, you know, we're there to just hang out and have fun and network but also they do these sessions where they bring in other people, other entrepreneurs to give talks and that really just, that kind of solidified it for me and, and kind of started me down that path. So when I found out about Startup Weekend, it sounded fun and it sounded exciting and it was something I wanted to, to check out. What was the project that you worked on and then what was the outcome? So the project we worked on was uh, an app called MealSense. For people that aren't familiar with Startup Weekend, you show up on Friday and everyone has an opportunity that wants to, to pitch an idea. And these are like one minute pitches. It's normally it's things, I haven't worked on this at all. I'm not, it's not something I'm actively doing, but I showed up and I thought, you know, it'd be cool if I had this or I had that. And then you pitch it, we vote down to about the top 10 and then everyone breaks out into groups and you basically just say, hey, yeah, I think I like your idea. I wanna work on it with you. And, and then you have from Friday night until Sunday afternoon to actually make a business out of it, make it a thing. So Peter was the one that actually gave the pitch and I thought that sounded like a pretty cool idea. So the, the background of it was he's a self-proclaimed or college student. So, <laughs> and he was, he was saying, you know, I always spend so much money and, and I'm eating out all the time. And I know that it's better to cook more food at home mm -hmm. and I would love to be able to do that, but I just don't know how. I don't know what recipes I wanna use. Uh, I don't know what I need to get at the store. You know, it's easy when you go to the store, you just wanna kind of grab what you know, just grab all the ingredients and get in and get out as fast as you can. So Absolutely. wasn't really sure what you should get. And then also the, the part of it that really 
made it stand out um, and, and, and I was interested in is there's the budgeting side of it. So his thing was, I, I want to be able to do all these things, but still be able to save money. And there's, cause there's a reason you should be able to save money by going to the grocery store and cooking out more. So the idea of the app was to not only be a meal planning app, but also incorporate the budget into that. So you tell us how much you want to spend per month. So you'll, you'll set up a meal plan and then you'll pick a couple recipes that you want. It'll give you the list of ingredients. You can say, you know, you can obviously exclude all the ingredients that you already have in your pantry and just get a list of what you need to buy. And then we'll also track the prices of that. Okay. So then you have an idea of how much, roughly how much you're going to spend, or there's even ways you can you can integrate it directly with Kroger and actually get the actual price of the products. And oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was really cool. So, so then you know, this is how much I'm going to spend, and then the app would keep track of all of that and be able to give you kind of a almost like almost like Mint, almost like combining okay. a meal planning app with Mint to be able to kind of see where you're at. That kind of positive reinforcement encourages you to want to cook more food and then, then you're learning more recipes and you're getting to becoming a better chef and so but you're also saving money at the same time so that's pretty sweet yes. uh, i love that i mean being in the audience when you guys were pitching this i know personally at almost 23 i'm like wow this is something that i would have used all throughout college and i'd still use today and i think that was a general a general consensus with a yeah. lot of people they're like oh wow this is this could totally apply to myself. Yeah, yeah, we got that feedback from a lot of people as we were going through and working on the project. And people were saying, oh, I mean, and people like you said yourself, like young college students up to uh, working moms and, and people that were like, yeah, I would, I would use this. This is something that really sounds sounds good to me. And we actually sent out a survey and we got we got over 100 responses back, you know, a lot of that positive feedback that this, we felt like this was gonna be something, yeah, gonna be a good idea. Sweet. And that, the funny thing is, Knowing where Peter lives in town and that he goes to the the, the college Kroger, uh, yeah, it's always a zoo. So that would be a nice way to kind of save a trip and save some time. Yeah, yeah. Or if you don't want to go into the grocery store, you just send it to your click list and then you show up and everything's there and ready. Continuing hearing about your experience, what is one of the major takeaways that you feel like you benefited from after started weekend back in November? But also, what's one thing that you were shocked to learn about how much you enjoy the task of being an entrepreneur and having that entrepreneurial mindset. I'll, I'll admit, I went into it kind of with a thought of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be a pretty good asset because I can build an app. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna spend all weekend, we're gonna come up with an idea, I'm gonna spend all weekend and I'm gonna build an app and it's gonna be really cool because at the end of the couple of days, we're gonna have something to the show and you can run on your phone. And, and so I was, and it kind of goes back to my past experience with things like this, which were more on the side of, they call them hackathons, Okay. which is, it's, it's a similar thing where you have an idea, but it's more, it's more geared towards technology. Okay. So you have an idea and then you have a certain amount of time to, you, you basically, you know, they call it a hackathon because you're hacking for that whole time. You're just trying to hack things together and come up with some kind of proof of concept that this idea you had for this technology actually would work. So that was that was my mindset going into it. And so I was thinking, you know, I could go in and 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 do, you know, create the app and I'll let the other members on the team figure out the business side of it. That wasn't really my focus. And so I was I was going down that path until sometime Saturday afternoon. One of the cool things about Startup Weekend is they also had about four coaches come in gotcha. who are local entrepreneurs and they would just walk around and kind of see how we're doing and give us some good information. Sometimes they would drop a bomb and walk away and leave us to kind of pick <laughs> up the pieces. And and Saturday afternoon, one of the coaches came by and he said, you know, one of the first things he said was forget the tech. And for me, being like the tech guy there yeah. on the team, 
you know, I, I, to be honest, got a little, little offended by it. It was a little hit to my pride. And I was like, well, if we forget the tech, then what am I going to do? I, I, I might as well just sit, sit around and well, also knowing that you stayed up till 4 a.m. after you went home. I did. That, yeah. That, that yeah. also plays into that. I also, factor. yeah, I also had been up till four, which, you know, in college I used to be able to do that, but, but you know, now, now being an old man, it's, it's not as easy to do, but, but I was excited <laughs> about it and I, I did, you know, I'd stayed up late and was working on things. And so, but as he went on to explain it, basically his reasoning was building an app is easy to do. You know, especially nowadays, you know, when I first started, when I first got out of college, if you could build an app, you were in high demand. Building an app is easy. Building a website is easy. It's building something that people actually want to buy. And, and there's so much of it out there that you really, your focus has to be on what is going to make this different and what are people going to actually want to buy. So once I kind of got over that, I really shift my focus to, okay, if I'm not focusing on this app, then how can I contribute and how can I focus on the business side of it? And that just you know shifted my focus and, and I was able to really just tap in with the rest of the team and, and figure out how are we going to make this a business? How are we going to make it stand out? Absolutely. So, so I really, you know, that was, that was a great takeaway for me. So there were, there were a couple of different like defining moments I can think of during throughout the weekend. And uh, another thing that happened, I mentioned, you know, some of the coaches like to just walk in and drop bombs. And so, uh, Drew, which was one who was also one of the coaches, walked up, and we had been kind of going down this path of, you know, we're gonna we're gonna make this app and we're gonna sell it to Kroger because they're gonna be so excited, it's gonna be so cool, they're gonna be so happy, they're gonna just throw money at us to to want to use this app yeah. and, and and be able to be a part of it, and uh, and we were, I mean, we had basically built our whole business model around that, and again, this was late Saturday, and you don't have a lot of time to really shift or pivot or come up with new ideas and. And he basically walked up and was like, why? What, what's going to make Kroger is this huge multi-million dollar company. What's going to make them want to partner up with you? And he worked through it with us, but he basically just said, that's that's not going to work. And then we kind of came to that realization. And so we were, as a team, we were a little discouraged because this is what we had been working towards. And this is what we've been, you know, this is, this is what we were going to do. But one of the things that I really liked is we took a step back. We literally went, took five minutes. We kind of went our separate ways to just kind of figure things out, get some air, get some air. and then uh, and then we came back. We put up a whiteboard and we said, "All right, let's figure this out. Are we gonna are we gonna pivot? Which is are we, you know are we gonna change our idea and go somewhere, go down another path, or can we make this work?" And so we we gave it a shot. We we gave our original idea a, thought, a shot, and we sat down and we we talked about it. But we looked at it honestly, and we came to the conclusion that no, this isn't going to work. That he was right, and so we need to pivot. And so then we moved down the path of a of a monthly price model, okay. and it just kind of started to click. But as a as a team, we had to get to there together. I was really grateful for the team that I had because we all just kind of banded together and said, okay, we want to make this work. What do we need to do? And we and we really did it. And then, and then from that point on, it just wrote itself. Yeah. So talk a little more into pivoting because I know that is a crucial action you have to take and a mindset that you have to be okay with when starting a business. And you know, yeah. it's, it's great to fail fast as an entrepreneur and when you're starting a company. And even though you guys were doing this through a fun experience that was being hosted, it was it was crucial for you guys' success. Sometimes it's good to to stick to your guns and, and go with your original idea, but. But there's times, you know, really, you need to be honest with yourself and listen to the feedback you're getting. You want to honestly take all that in and be ready to go a different direction. When you pivot, you know, there's there's a reason why you started down the path you did. You had a, a good idea and, and 
and it doesn't mean it's not a good idea, just a part of it and part of your execution on that idea needs to change. And the reason you start a, a company is you, you have an idea and you have a passion for it, but ultimately you want it to make money. And so for yeah. us, it was, you know, this isn't going to make money this way. Let's go down a different path. And so um, really, I would just say it's just just be open to that and take in the advice and then also give it enough of a shot. We didn't just say, okay, that we threw it all out. You know, this isn't going to work. We gave it a shot. After this experience, I want to know, how do you see yourself playing into the future of Lexington's entrepreneurial community? This is somewhat new to me, this, okay. this idea of like playing a role in the business side of it and the entrepreneur side of it, because I have a lot of experience in the technology side, and I think that can transfer over. But really, I see myself as almost starting over. I love doing that. I always want to learn. I always want to gain more knowledge. And, and, you know, so having a new challenge for me is exciting. So to be honest, I kind of feel like the new guy here. And I want to I want to learn as much as I can from these other people, these other entrepreneurs that know you know, they've built, they've been successful. They built products that people have liked and wanted to get pay money for. And they're running these businesses. And I almost feel like it's starting from scratch in a new area. And so that's exciting for me is just, you know, growing as a person and learning, learning another side of things. Yeah, that's sweet. So Dave, last thing, what advice do you have for anyone who has either an interest or a passion to get involved with software or innovative technologies or even entrepreneurship? This is something I've learned throughout my career. Always surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. There's always more to learn. There's always going to be someone out there that's smarter than you are. And you don't don't take that as a threat. Take it as an opportunity to grow and take it as an opportunity to learn more. And so in I think about when my time working at Lexmark, I was surrounded with tons and tons of just super brilliant engineers and, and people in the technology community. And so I learned as much as I could in that situation and took their criticism as an opportunity to grow and an opportunity to learn more. So I think it's just purposely stepping out of your comfort zone and you don't sell yourself short and think, I just won't be able to do that. Try it, put yourself in that situation and really you know, become a sponge and soak up as much as you can from people that are already successful in that area that you wanna try and try and learn as much as you can. And I think on the flip side of that, take that knowledge and share it with other people and, and be that person to someone who is willing to share that knowledge and share that information with them because that's that's the whole cycle that's what keeps you know technology and entrepreneurship going especially in a smaller city like this is is the community and as the people learning from each other and and growing as part of that all right well that's it we want to say thank you again so much for checking out the kentucky entrepreneur hall of fame podcast special thanks to lee rosevere for the music that you hear in the show and to lexington's awesome inc for hosting us from their space again i'm garrett farbach Make sure to check back and tune in next time. We'll see you then.